Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, December 28th, 2021, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well today. It's been a very, very busy day, and we know today is the uh, third day of Kwanzaa also, Ujima, which means collective work and responsibility. So I'm going to play another excerpt of the presentation that I did at the Charles H. Wright Museum for African-American History on Tuesday, December 27th for the second day of Kwanzaa Kuchichakalia. But uh, before that, there was a story that I saw um, a couple of days ago. And uh, Black Enterprise, well, actually BET, BET had an article on this as well as um Good Morning America. And this is about some African-American college students, African-American female college students at uh, Mary Baldwin uh, University who organized a black baby doll drive. And they and uh, for Christmas, they handed out uh, over 300 black baby dolls to uh, African-American girls to build positive self-esteem. Okay, to build positive self-esteem and boost their self-esteem. So this is a great story. I was looking at a number of different uh, articles on this. Uh, I I posted a couple of articles uh, about this on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. And there should be more coverage of it. There should be uh, more interviews with these uh, with these sisters who did this. So this is a great thing. So we'll talk about this story. Then there was a, uh, we'll deal with Kwanzaa as well. We'll deal with Kwanzaa also. And today is the uh, third day of Kwanzaa Ujima. Now there's another story that we've talked about before here on the show. And um, I saw an article from the um, Zen Education Project on this. And this deals with um, the murder of Harriet and Harry, uh, the murder of um, Harriet and Harry Moore in Florida. And their house was firebombed in 1951 on Christmas Day. And these were civil rights activists uh, in Florida. And um, Harry Moore helped to uh, helped thousands of African-Americans to register to vote, okay? And they were targeted and the house was firebombed. So we're going to talk uh, about this uh, story as well. This is a little-known uh, African-American history fact. Uh, there's a there's an article from floridatoday.com that deals with this and one from, uh, also one from, um, National, uh, uh, Zen Education Project. Okay, there's one from uh, Zen Education Project as well, dealing with the um, uh, killing of uh, Harry T. Moore and his wife. Okay, all right. So we'll we'll discuss that uh, on today's show, and I'll play another excerpt of the uh, the presentation I did on Tuesday, December 27th at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History dealing with um, Kwanzaa, okay? My presentation was on um, 
from Kwanzaa to Wakanda, reconnecting African-Americans to African culture for self-empowerment. Right now on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now it's correct wrong behavior, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or a woman's thoughts, you can control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. All right. Um, the call-in number is 313-778-7600. Is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. So I want to jump into this first article. So I, I, I saw a um, one article from... Uh, BET. I think that was the first uh, article I saw. And then there was a more extensive one from um, Good Morning America. And Yahoo News picked this one up from Good Morning, Good Morning America. College students hand out over 300 black baby dolls as Christmas presents to, bo to boost girls' self-esteem. Now, this is from December 24th, uh, 2021. And it's a great story. I think there's, I think there needs to be more coverage of it uh, because it if it was something negative about these African-American uh, uh, college students, African-American female college students, if it was something negative about them, it would be, uh, you know, trending on social media. Now, around 300 young girls in Virginia will unwrap uh, or around 300 young girls in Virginia unwrapped the gift of a black baby doll on Christmas morning, thanks to the generosity of college students who say they want the dolls to represent more than just the just a toy. They want the dolls to represent more than just a toy. Uh, now, one of the African-American uh, female college students at uh, Mary Baldwin University in Stalton, Virginia, her name is uh, Caitlin Russell. She's 19 years old. Caitlin Russell says, uh, I hope that the girls who we are giving these baby dolls to will take away that, th that their power is limitless. I hope the girls that we are giving these baby dolls to will take away that their power is limitless. I want them to be able to see that they have the power to do whatever they want, she said. Now, for the past 25 years, groups of female African-American students at Mary Baldwin University was a private university of around 1,500 students. Uh, for 25 years, they've organized the annual Black Baby Doll Drive, the annual Black Baby Doll Drive, which collects uh, black dolls to give to girls in uh, the local community. And, you know, it's the holiday season and things like this, but I, I just think there should be more coverage about something like this because it deals with the role, the power that images have. It deals with something positive. African-American college students are doing as well. Uh, now, the goal of the drive is to help provide confidence and self-esteem for the girls through the baby dolls. 
which let the girls see themselves reflected, according to Reverend Andrea Cornett Scott, who's the university's chief diversity officer who oversees the uh, Dow Drive. Now, uh, and here, here's another picture of them also. So all these different types of black baby dolls, they, they were able to collect over 300 uh, black baby dolls. Now, uh, Reverend Cornett uh, Scott said, we know that there is a clear tie between the achievement gap and self-esteem, especially for black girls. We know that there is a clear tie between the achievement gap and self-esteem, especially for black girls. And oftentimes, African-American girls have problems with self-image because they don't see a lot of images of themselves in the media, and, they, and often they struggle with whether or not they're beautiful. And oftentimes, African-American girls have problems with self-image because they don't see a lot of images of themselves in the media, and they often and often they struggle with whether or not they're beautiful. We wanted to make sure we had a program that spoke to their outward and inner beauty. So we decided to do the doll project so they could see themselves in the dolls that they play with, she said. Now, here, here's a uh, let me pull this picture up again here. Of. Um, the college students with the baby dolls that they donated. They were able to raise uh, dolls from professors, um, from the community, uh, et cetera. They raised over, they, they were able to collect over 300 dolls, but they've been doing this for uh, 25 years, okay? They've been doing this drive for 25 years. All right. Okay, let's continue here. We're coming up here on the break. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Now, each year, the students who are mostly freshmen and who all live on campus in the Ida B. Wells Living Learning Community, the Ida B. Wells Living Learning Community, each year, these students uh, collect dolls from professors and staff on campus and from the community. Now, before they start the drive each year, the students are taught about what's known as the doll test, the doll test. And this was Dr. Kenneth Clark and his wife in the 1940s. They did the doll test. And this was uh, part of this was used as evidence in Brown versus Board of Education. The Dow test was a series of experiments conducted by psychologists in the 1940s to test children's perceptions around race. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. 
Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 240-452-1349 or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion, celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion, theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read e-books, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, December 28th, 2021, and we are live. Calling numbers 313 778 7600-313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Now, right before the break, uh, we were talking about this great story out of uh, Virginia, out of Staunton, Virginia, at Mary Baldwin University. And this deals with the annual Black Baby Doll Drive, where um, African-American uh, female students at this university collect uh, Black Baby Dolls and give them away to uh, African-American girls in the community, okay? Uh, so this year they collected over uh, 300 uh, black baby dolls. Now this is a story uh, from Good Morning America and Yahoo News picked it up also. Uh, BET.com uh, picked up the story as well as Black Enterprise. So I wanna go back to this and then we're gonna go to clip one here in just a second, Jalen, that deals with this. So I, I spent I spent some time doing research on this story, and there was um, only really one news story that I saw uh, on this. Okay, there was uh, there was one only really uh, one outlet news outlet that actually did a real story covering this. Good Morning America they put together a little montage of pictures and about a twenty second interview, but. There was a local news source, you're going to hear that interview in just a second, that covered this, and that's about it as far as interviews. Now, before uh, they start the drive each year, the students are taught about what's known as the dial test, okay, what's known as the dial test, a series of experiments conducted by psychologists in the 1940s to test children's perceptions around race. In the experiments, the majority of the children assigned positive characteristics to, to the white dial and chose it over the black dial, okay? So this is, a lot of times we hear about the black dial, white dial test and Dr. Kenneth Clark. 
Uh, but in in the test, they didn't. It wasn't that the majority of students chose the white dial as the dial that they thought was the smart dial, things like this, or the dial they wanted to play with, et cetera. But the, the majority of the students assigned positive characteristics to the white dial, but assigned negative characteristics to the African-American dial. And then there was an updated study. I'm going to try to find that clip because I wrote an article about about a few years ago, ABC News, ABC uh, World News on a dial test from a few years ago. I'm going to try to find that article. Now, the study's findings were cited in the 1954 U.S. Supreme Court case of Brown versus Board of Education, which led to the desegregation of schools in the United States. Now, Reverend Cornett Scott says she uses the dial test to show the uh, students the importance of black dials for kids beyond just being uh, beyond being just toys to play with. Okay. Uh, she uses the dial test to show the students the importance of black dials beyond being just toys to play with. She said, quote, I think it really inspires them to consider uh, how young children how young children are when they begin to doubt themselves, begin to look down on this on themselves and be, begin to have lower self-esteem and to see how important a project this is. Okay. Now, I, um, I want to go to this clip here. This is from. Uh, let me pull this up here. Just a second. OK, so this is from uh, WHSV. Uh, WHS uh, V in uh, Virginia. Let's go to this clip, Jalen. There is a clear relationship between cultural self-esteem and academic achievement. That relationship starts in early childhood. The reason why students and staff at Mary Baldwin University are hosting a black baby doll drive. The drive serves about 300 children locally, and it helps foster a sense of belonging and confidence in children. Student organizers say they know how important it is to have baby dolls that look like you. They say self-esteem starts when you're young, long before you're influenced by social media. They want children to feel like they matter. Girls, uh, especially, right? When you're in school and you're growing up with uh, all these people around you and you see, you don't see dolls or toys that reflect you, it makes you feel smaller than everyone else. The drive will continue until Friday. Any donations can be taken to the Spencer Center on campus. Okay, so that's from uh, Channel 3 WHSV there in... Um, the Virginia area, and the name of that article, they were one of the few, because uh, I looked and looked and looked, and they were one of the few that actually uh, did a story, had some actual audio on this, and actually did an interview, okay? The student that they interviewed um, in that in that piece is, and she's in the article from um, Good Morning America also, um, my uh Mylana uh, uh, uh Twyman uh, Mylana Twyman Mylana Twyman who's 19 years old she was actually interviewed in that piece from um W uh HSV and that is I'm going to pull this up here I think that's channel 3 uh let me pull this up right here 
Okay. What is that? Uh, yeah, WHSV Channel 3 um, uh, there in the uh, Virginia area, in Stoughton, Virginia. Okay, so check out, you can check out this article as well. They're one of the few that I saw that actually did a, a, a story and actually interviewed one of the students. Local students host Black Baby Dial Drive to foster sense of belonging in children. Now, this article, this story is from December 1st, 2021, um, while they were in the process of collecting the dials. Now, I want to go back to the uh, piece here from uh, Good Morning America also. They have an extensive um, article on this. Okay, so uh, back to the uh, piece from Good Morning America. So they talk about the black dial, white dial test which is an uh, important test and it deals also with the power of media and, and how what you read, see, and hear affects the way you think, feel, act, and behave. Now, even in 2021, uh, the students, even in 2021, uh, the students said that finding black baby dolls in the area, in the areas around the university proved a challenge, okay? Even today, finding black baby dolls around the university, which is in Staunton, Virginia, still proves to be a challenge. Um, what really what really hit home for me and what really drove me to do this drive was the scarcity of uh, the dolls in the community, okay? And this was... Um, Trying to see who said this. I hate it when they just refer to people by last name. Um, or Russell, I forget who I've had to look and see who Russell was, but I hate it when they, it's so lazy. Um, but anyway, they're not always at your local market or local store, she said. Now, uh, as I was walking through uh, stores and I couldn't find any, it really truly broke my heart. Because I was like, I was like, there are girls in this town and they're black and they're seeing dolls that don't represent them, uh, said uh, Malana uh, Twyman, who's, 19, who's a 19 year old freshman at Mary Baldwin uh, University. And you heard her in the uh, interview that WHSV uh, Channel 3 did. Okay, she said, as I was walking through stores and I couldn't find any, it really, truly broke my heart. It really, truly broke my heart um, because I was like, there are girls in this town and they're black and they're seeing dolls that don't represent them. And now they're walking through uh, life thinking, uh, and now they're walking through life thinking they have to change and they have to alter the way they look, okay? Now they're walking through life thinking they have to change and they have to alter the way they look. Now, this ties into, uh, you know, during African-American History Month, uh, when I do um, a presentation dealing with, um, in, in my presentation for African-American History Month, there's one that I, uh, there's one story that I deal with that deals with um, self-esteem 
and it deals with a study uh, that came out. I think I have it in this presentation here. It deals with a study that uh, came out a few years ago that deals with how African-American girls do uh, better in school when they, okay, yeah, this one right here. Let's, let's pull this slide up. Uh, there was an article from theroot.com. I'm not a big fan of the root, but uh, every now and then they do have uh, uh, a good article or two. But let me pull this one up here. Um, okay, let's go to this slide. So there was an article from theroot.com that dealt with... Um, New studies find that positive feelings about blackness improve academic performance for black girls. New studies find that uh, new studies find that positive feelings about blackness improve academic performance for black girls. Believing that black is beautiful, an important mantra of self-acceptance and self-love could pay major dividends in school, a new study finds. Now, this article from theroot.com was based upon a, a study published in the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education. And that study focused in that article from uh, the, the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education focused on a study from uh, Professor Sharita Butler Barnes at Washington University in St. Louis. And this study found that young black women with, quote, strong racial identity, young black women with strong racial identity are more likely to be academically engaged, curious, and persistent. So what Reverend Cornett is talking about here and the, and the positive self-esteem these black dolls build in young African-American girls ties into what this study talks about that was in the Journal of Blacks and Higher Education. We'll continue this on, a, on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It stops for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Kwanzaa is coming and the KwanzaaShop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit the KwanzaaShop.com, the KwanzaaShop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. 
Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com Welcome back to the African History Network show. Uh, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Tuesday, December 28th, 2021. And we are live. Hope everybody's doing well. Call the numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. Okay, so right before the break, I was talking about this story out of Stalton, Virginia. And uh, it deals with uh, this black baby doll drive, this black baby doll drive that uh, African-American college students organize. And and they've been doing this for 25 years. Okay, so this was their annual black baby doll drive. And they give these dolls away to African-American girls in the community. All right. And these are um, African-American female college students at Mary Baldwin a university in Stalton, Virginia. It's a private university of about 1500 students in Stalton, Virginia. So they do this, they do this each year. Um, and then w- when we left off, I was talking about um, this study that I've dealt with in uh, some of my presentations in the past, especially during African American history month. It's a, it's a study that was in the, uh, Journal of Blacks in Higher Education uh, a few years ago, and I picked this up from an article from the root.com. New studies find that positive feelings about blackness improve academic performance for black girls. Now, um, an article in the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education focuses on a new study from Professor Sharita Butler Barnes, who's a professor at Washington a university in St. Louis. Uh, and this study uh, finds that young black women with strong racial identity are more likely to be uh, academically engaged, curious, and persistent, more likely to be academically engaged, curious, and persistent. The survey looked at 733 African-American middle and high school uh, girls in three socioeconomically in three socioeconomically uh, school districts, okay, in the Midwest, according to the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education. Now, the, the name of the study is called Promoting Resilience Among African-American Girls, Racial Identity as a Protective Factor. Once again, the name of the study is called Promoting Resilience Among African-American Girls, Racial Identity as a Protective Factor factor. And it was published on the Child Development Journal website. And um, the Journal of Blacks and Higher Education wrote an article about this study. And the study found that feeling positive about being black or African-American, along with the uh, the feeling supported, uh, along with feeling supported by their schools, correlated with the girls' greater academic motivation. Researchers also found that feeling good about your racial identity could act as a buffer for students in hostile or negative academic environments. 
Okay, so this was a um, now the, the, the this article came out January tenth, two thousand eighteen, from the root dot com. Uh, the article went on to say, "Quote: Persons of color who have unhealthy racial identity beliefs tend to perform lower in school and have more symptoms of depression." Professor Sharita Butler Barnes wrote, who's an African American female professor. She said, "Persons of color." who have unhealthy racial identity beliefs tend to perform lower in school and have more symptoms of depression. We have found that feeling positive about being black and feeling uh, support and belonging at school may be especially uh, important for African-American girls, classroom engagement and curiosity. Feeling connected to the school may also uh, work together with racial identity attitudes, may also work together with racial identity attitudes to improve academic outcomes. Okay, so uh, read this article here from The Root also. Uh, now, this, now, this article here is from blackamericaweb.com. From June 14, 2012, TV kills black boys' self-esteem. Because I did my background's in marketing. I'm a historian, but my degrees in business administration, a background in marketing and sales and things like this. Foundation of marketing and psychology. So I've been studying effects of the media for about 30 years now. Um, and one of the first lecture series I did was called "The Media's Deliberate Destruction of the African American Family." But in this, in this uh, study here, uh, it said a new precise and exhaustive year-long study finds that watching television regularly distorts and ultimately destroys the self-esteem of young black males who often find themselves comparing one another to the characters they view on air, leaving them feeling trapped and as if there are, quote, very few positive life paths they can aspire to, end quote. Now, What's interesting is that I read different news outlets reporting on this study. CNN, CNN had an article about the same study. And when you read, when you read articles on this, they tell you that the only group that gained positive self-esteem, generally speaking from watching television, were, were young white boys. The article that CNN had on this on this uh, study, the picture showed a young white boy laying on the floor watching TV and he had like a cape on like Superman. Okay. Because it, when you read, when you read the study, it talks about the negative images of African-American boys, girls, and of white girls, but how white boys gain positive self-esteem, generally speaking from watching images on television. So this is from June 14, 2012. Okay. Uh, now this is an interesting article here. This was an interesting study. Africa, uh, a number of outlets picked this up. Black teens with racial pride do better in school. Um, Africa globe, African globe.net picked up this, uh, this study. African American teens with racial pride do better in school. African American. Now, wait till you see the universities. It was a joint. It was two universities that came together to do this study. Wait till you see the universities that did this study. African American teenagers 
perform better academically when their parents instill in them a sense of racial pride. A new study by the University of Pittsburgh and Harvard University, not Howard, Harvard, a new study, it was new at the time, this came out in 2013, a new study by the University of Pittsburgh and Harvard University shows that when parents use racial socialization, such as talking to their children or engaging in activities that promote feelings of racial knowledge, pride and connection, like taking them to Kwanzaa celebrations, taking them to um, African-American bookstores and African, African-American history museums and things like this, or uh, lectures, et cetera, historical uh, lectures, things like this. It, 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 it promotes feelings of racial knowledge, pride, and connection. It offsets racial discrimination's potentially negative impact on students' academic development. Now, this was a joint study by the University of Pittsburgh and Harvard University. Yet you have white supremacists in, in, in state legislatures passing uh, bills to suppress what can be taught about history the history of slavery, white supremacy, and things like this in schools using the cloak of critical race theory to attack what it is that they don't like about history and things that may make them feel guilty about what's happened in this country. And this was a joint study that the University of Pittsburgh and Harvard University did. All right, so um, if you go back quickly here to this uh, other articles, we run out of time here. Um, 300 African-American, uh, uh, you had um, 300 black baby dolls that were collected by African-American college students at uh, Mary Baldwin University. Now the students said that they took the task so seriously the students said they took the task so seriously, it almost became a competition to see who can find the most black dolls, which were distributed to over 300 uh, local girls to be opened on Christmas Day. And here's some more um, distribution of the of the black baby dolls. Quote, we have an astronaut. We have astronaut dolls. Dr. Dolls, a lot of male-dominated career paths. It goes even deeper than the surface of the dial because it's representing that we can do so much more than people give us credit for. It goes even deeper than the surface of the dial because it's representing that we can do so much more than people give us credit for. Now, Tierra Jordan, who tw who's a 20-year-old sophomore at uh, Mary Baldwin University, says she found a, says she found her own self-esteem buoyed or boosted by participating in the dial drive. Tierra said, "When you look at dials, and you're giving these young when you when you look at dials, and you're giving these young girls dials, and you're telling them your black is beautiful." your features are beautiful, you have to make sure that you yourself believe those things, she said. 
Tierra said, so it had me uh, plenty of times looking in the mirror, reminding myself, uh, my lips are beautiful, even though they're fuller. My nose is beautiful, even though it's bigger. She went on to say, when I was a kid, my black baby doll had white features. She said when she was a child, her black baby doll had white features. So to see that there are black women going the extra mile and make dolls who have bigger noses and bigger lips and rounder faces, she said it is inspiring and I wish I had had that growing up. Okay, we'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. African Spirit Cards specialize in the design and printing of high-quality African-centered note cards and stationery. African Spirit Cards breeds and rejoices in the African and African-American experiences. They honor our African heritage and all that they do for you by proudly displaying the great motifs and ornamentations of the African world diaspora. They use African images, African proverbs, and many African languages to fully immerse their clients in the wisdom and history of and the connection to Africa. They understand the importance of having images around us that reflect who we are. These images also illustrate where we came from and what we desire to be. They are here to serve you. Follow them on Instagram at African Spirit Cards, that's African with a K. They have a wide selection. Check out their holiday selection at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash African Spirit Cards. That's Etsy, E-T-S-Y. You can give them a call at 313-995-3579, 313-995-3579. You can email them at Designs at africanspiritcards.com. That's J-A-N-A-L designs at africanspiritcards.com and place your order today. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese. Because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It stops for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 on the Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael. I'm Hotep. Okay, um, so check out the... Uh, article that I was sharing, and this is from um, Yahoo. Uh, this is from uh, Good Morning America, picked up by Yahoo News. Three hundred college students hand out over uh, three hundred. I mean, college students hand out over three hundred black baby dolls as Christmas presents to boost girls' self-esteem. 
אוקיי. אוקיי, אז right before the break we were talking about the uh one of the students was uh was talking about the type of dolls that she had black dolls she had when she was a child and she said that her black baby dolls had white features when she was a child okay um now milana uh milana uh twyman who's 19 years old said that she t- she also wishes wishes she had benefited from having representative black baby dolls when she was a child. She said, it took me a while to uh, love my hair. It took me a while to love my lips and nose. It took me a while to love my hair. It took me a while to love my lips and nose because I didn't have that representation. Uh, she said, being able to give that to girls And being able to give them the confidence uh, that they need to go throughout life, uh, I'm beyond happy. Okay, so uh, read this piece here from uh, Yahoo News. All right, now uh, I want to go uh, quickly here to another excerpt of uh, my presentation that I did on uh, Monday, December 27th at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. I was speaking at the Kwanzaa celebration and I found out um last minute decision found out that I was speaking there but it turned out pretty well and uh, my top my presentation was called from uh from Kwanzaa to Wakanda reconnecting African Americans to African culture for self empowerment let's go back to this clip uh Jalen this information to, to win some black version of Jeopardy or something like that and see who can memorize the most fashion figures the the information that we take in should bring about behavior modification This is why our model is right knowledge correct wrong behavior okay it should bring about behavior modification uh and then when we saw how many people saw the film black panther the the original just leave it right there just leave it right there. how many people saw the film black panther okay so we know uh black panther 2 is coming out in november of uh 2022 and i've done three lectures dealing with the film black panther and show how it connects to african history and culture and at the beginning of the movie you have the scene where they're fighting uh, at what's called warrior falls where they the, the, with the, war, the uh, waterfalls where they have the fight to see who's going to sit on the throne of Wakanda is called warrior falls it's straight out the comic book and there's a scene when uh, T'Challa's losing and we know we lost Chadwick Boseman who's who was tragic passed away from uh, I think it was colon cancer um, but there was a scene where he's losing to Mbaku of the Jabari tribe and his his stepmother played by Angela Bassett, uh, Ramonda, she, she yells out, show them who you are. Show them who you are. Okay, well, before you can show them who you are, you have to know who you are. This is where our history and culture comes into play. Now, how many people are familiar with Dr. David M. Hotel, who wrote the book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence? How I many people, you're not familiar with Dr. David M. Hotel? Oh, my God. You get Google his name. When you Google his name, mine will come up also, because I've interviewed him probably about 13 times. His first book came out in 2011. On this subject matter and it deals with the African presence in the Americas dating back at least 56,000 years ago 56,000 years ago in South America at least 51,700 years ago in the land we call the United States of America now this is before Native Americans came into existence okay and when you you see some of my information you look at the interviews I've done with them we go deep into this history um, but in this and this is why even though the transatlantic slave trade happened this is why you know 
some of the academics I have to correct because we have to understand the last 50,000 years of history, not just the last 500 years of history. Okay? So, yes, the transatlantic slave trade happened, but we have to deal with the history of, of thousands of years before that. Now, on page 14 of his book, he deals with the discovery that was made in Allendale County, South Carolina in 2004. And I teach online classes dealing with history and things like this. And some of these archaeological discoveries that are coming out every other week, uh, I deal with in the class. Okay, and, the, and I say the deeper they dig, the blacker the planet gets, the more research they do, the older we get. Because when these archaeological discoveries come out, they keep having to push the timelines back. They keep realizing all this stuff is much older than they originally told us. But on page 14 of his book, he deals with this archaeological discovery made by Dr. Albert Goodyear, who's an archaeologist from the University of South Carolina. And Dr. Albert Goodyear is derided by the authorities in, in uh, European archaeology and things like this because his discovery is flipping everything upside down. What he found was 13 different types of evidence fairly documenting an African presence in this country dating back at least 51,700 years. And these were the Khoisan, who have the oldest DNA on the planet, they're the ancestors to the Inu and the Twa. They go all around the world. They're in southern Africa. They're still alive today, and they were here in this land also. But they found artifacts, architecture, campsites, carvings, Egyptian writings, footprints in lava, genetic M174D haploid groups dealing with DNA and genetics, linguistics, paintings, skulls, skeletons, structures, and tools. Now, I last interviewed Dr. David M. Hotel um, October 12, 2021. October 12, we know, is the anniversary of Columbus landing in what he called the Bahamas. And when we look at where Columbus went on his four voyages, number one, we all know Columbus never came to the land we call the United States of America. Okay, right? We all know that, right? We all know that. That ain't everybody saying. Y'all said Kujisaki, y'all said Kujisaki Lee louder than that. Go look. Don't take my word for it. Proper documentation is all conversation. I can show you what white historians will show you. Go to history.com, okay? I, it, it, and look up Christopher Columbus. It shows you where he went on his four voyages. The closest he came to this land we call the United States of America was Cuba, which is 90 miles away. But he goes into Cuba, Hispaniola, the western third of the island of Hispaniola is where Haiti is. He goes into Puerto Rico, Honduras, Panama. But a lot of the uh, countries that he conquered on behalf of the Spanish crown are still in turmoil today. And we've heard Puerto Rico in the news. We definitely heard Haiti in the news. Things like this. They're still in Cuba. They're still reeling from being conquered over 500 years ago by Columbus and the Spanish crown. Now, this article right here, this is just a brief summary of it. Read this article, okay? As one of my teachers, Professor Kabahaya Wattakamane says, you don't have to believe a word that I say, go do your own research, okay? Proper documentation ends all conversation. Read this article. New, new evidence puts man in North America 50,000 years ago. This article is from November 18, 2004. It's from ScienceDaily.com. ScienceDaily.com is a scientific website. They have all types of scientific discoveries, archaeological discoveries there, things like this. The article is still there because I show this in, in my classes when I teach. They're talking about Dr. Albert Goodyear's discoveries. This is Dr. Albert Goodyear. He's an archaeologist from the University of South Carolina. The summary says radiocarbon tests of carbonized plant remains where artifacts were unearthed last May along the Savannah River in Allendale County, by University of South Carolina archaeologist Dr. Albert Goodyear indicate that the sediments containing these artifacts are at least 50,000 years old, meaning that humans inhabited North America long before the last ice age. All right. Uh, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, uh, keep watching. Uh, we're going to keep going for a couple more minutes. 
If you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Be sure to register for the online courses I teach on um, Saturdays and Sundays. Um, it's right on the homepage of our website. Uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors and the Ma'afa, Understand the Transatlantic Slave Trade and from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. Um, visit AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register there. As soon as you register, you can start watching the content. Right now, it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, stand by, everybody. Let me disconnect this call. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about Harry um, Harry Moore, and then I have to get out of here. Okay, uh, so so we have the information here about the uh, online classes, and uh, we're going to have class uh, this weekend. So uh, these are 10-week online classes that I teach. We deal with thousands of years of history, and... Uh, on Sunday is ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade. We deal with um, thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. We do this Sundays, 12 noon, and Eastern Standard Time. The class is regularly $130. It's on sale $60. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it, watch it anytime. You still have access to the full class even after the class is over with. So a year from now, if you want to go back and watch the full class, you can do that. The other class I teach is uh, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement of Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And uh, we do this on Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. OK, we have a special bundle pack right now. We can register for both classes for only $70. So that's right on the homepage of our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We'll post a link here. Uh, for that again, and you can register and start watching the content. You can also use this with your children. I would say the content is PG 13. Um, so it's not, it's not vulgar. It's not, um, I don't do a lot of cursing, things like that. Okay. All right. So we'll post that. Um, and then all my DVD lectures and digital downloads are out of website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, including my Kwanzaa presentation. We have a, a bundle pack where you get four of my Kwanzaa lectures together. It's like $10 on DVD and it's um, $8 on digital download. All right. So I want to, we'll play some more of that uh, presentation on uh, tomorrow's show. All right. I want to uh, also, uh, I'll be at the, as, I, as, I, as I've said before, I'll be at the Charles H. Wright Museum uh, Wednesday, December 29th, uh, Friday, uh, December 31st, and Saturday, January 1st. I'll be in the African marketplace for the Kwanzaa celebration. Uh, I'll be a vendor there. Uh, visit the right.org for more information uh, to attend. I think registration is closed, but um, I'll be there for that. I'm not sure if you have to register to uh, come and shop with the vendors, but I'll have a vendor table there. My DVD lectures will be registering people for my classes also. Visit the right.org uh, for more information. All right. I, I want to deal with this uh, other story. Now, this. I've talked about this before, and this deals with um, uh, Harry T. Uh, Harry T. Moore and his wife Harriet, who was civil rights activist in Florida. Uh, there's a good article from uh, the Zen Education Project on this. Okay, and uh, we'll 
Yeah, we'll probably talk some more about this tomorrow because it's kind of a lengthy article. Um, their house was firebombed on December 25th, 1951. December 25th, 1951, Christmas Day. Their house was firebombed and uh, they were both killed. Um, ha- uh, Harry Moore was killed that day and his wife is going to um, die some days later. All right, so if we look at this story here, and 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 Harry Moore also of uh, uh, Florida Today has an article about this as well, because Harry Moore helped to register thousands of African Americans to vote, okay, in Florida. Now Langston Hughes uh, wrote a poem called "Ballad of Harry T. Moore," and in the in the poem, Langston Hughes wrote, "When we when will men, for sake of peace." And for democracy, learn no bombs a man can make. Keep men and women from being free. And this, he says, our Harry Moore, as from the grave, he cries. No bomb can kill the dreams I hold, for freedom never dies. Okay? No bomb can kill the dreams I hold, for freedom never dies. Now here's a picture of, of of Harry T. Moore and their two daughters, Harry Harry uh, Harry, and Harriet Moore and their two daughters. Now Harry T. and Harriet Moore were murdered on Christmas Day. It was their 25th wedding anniversary, when a bomb set by the Ku Klux Klan blew their home in Mims, Florida. Harriet Moore was a classroom teacher and both and both Harry and Harriet were both civil rights activists. They were both civil rights activists. Now, Harry Moore died on the way to the uh, hospital. His wife, Harriet, died, died nine days later, leaving behind two daughters, um, Evangeline and Annie Rosalia. Now, Evangeline Moore dedicated her life to seeking justice for the death of her parents. Now, a little background information on Harry and Harriet Moore, civil rights activists killed by the Ku Klux Klan in 1951, house firebombed on Christmas Day. Now, back in the 1930s, um, Harry and Harriet Moore began organizing for the NAACP in Central Florida. They launched a uh, legal struggle that eventually won uh, equal pay for African for, for uh, African American and white teachers. In 1941, Harry Moore became president uh, and later executive director of the Florida State um, uh, NAACP. Now, under their leadership, the NAACP eventually grew to more than 10,000 members in in more than 60 branches across the state of Florida. Now, in 1944, Thurgood Marshall won the U.S. Supreme Court case of Smith versus Allwright, which we, which we've talked about here on this show just in the past couple of months. Okay, uh, Smith versus All uh, Smith Smith versus Allwright. Uh, this was a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that ruled that all white primary elections are unconstitutional. So, you know, we've talked about this case 
uh, just in the past couple of weeks, and I deal with this case on uh, on my uh, in my online classes also, especially um, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And if we look at this, if we look at the uh, this piece here from um, History.com, this deals with uh, Jim Crow era laws and uh, suppressing the right to vote. If we look at this here, okay, so this th- th- this article we've talked about before. In this and in, in this piece, they talk about Smith versus Allwright, U.S. Supreme Court case. Okay, how Jim Crow era laws suppressed the African American vote for generations. This is from History.com. Uh, so they talk about the Mississippi State Convention of 1890 that we talk about a lot here on this show that legalized poll taxes and literacy tests in Mississippi. And that became the model that other southern states adopted. Um, but then we, you have all white primaries. OK, now. When literacy tests and poll taxes and grandfather clauses in Louisiana was the first state that had the grandfather clauses in 1898. When literacy tests, poll taxes, and grandfather clauses, and the many other ways to circumvent the 15th Amendment did not work to suppress black voter turnout, white legislators in several southern states used what are called all-white primaries to all but eliminate black voters, uh, to all but eliminate black voters, uh, black voters' presence in the electoral process. In Texas, for example, the state legislature gave the Democratic Party the authority to set its own rules. The party determined that it was for white voters only, excluding African-Americans from its elections and effectively making local electoral politics dominated by one party that upheld Jim Crow laws. After white election after a white election official blocked an African American man named Lonnie E. Smith the right to vote in the 1940 Texas Democratic primary, the NAACP's Thurgood Marshall and William H. Hasty challenged the case all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. In 1944, the the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Smith versus Allwright, that's Lonnie Smith as the plaintiff, Smith versus Allwright, that the Texas white primary system was unconstitutional. Okay, this is Thurgood Marshall. The right to vote in a primary for the nomination of candidates without without discrimination by the state is a right secured by the Constitution, said the U.S. Supreme Court in its 8-1 decision. Okay, so that's Smith versus Allwright, uh, U.S. Supreme Court case of 1944. Okay, so this is what they're talking about here in um, the piece from the Zen Education Project dealing with Harry Moore and and, uh, Harriet Moore. Let me go back to the Zen Education Project. Okay. So in 1944, Thurgood Marshall won Smith versus Allwright in the U.S. Supreme Court, which ruled that all white primary elections are unconstitutional. 
with uh, with African-Americans now allowed to vote in the real elections, the Moors, Harry, Harry Moore and Harriet Moore, organized the Progressive Voters uh, League of Florida, the Progressive Voter League, Voters League of Florida, and Harry Moore became its president. Now, Florida's voting registration procedures were not as restrictive those of neighboring Georgia and Alabama. And within a few years, the Moors managed to register over 100,000 African-American uh, voters, increasing African-American registration from 5% to 31% of eligible voters, of those eligible. Now, their slogan was, quote, a voteless citizen is a voiceless citizen. Their slogan was a a voteless citizen is a voiceless citizen. Now, for years, Harry Moore traveled Florida's muddy uh, back roads and poorly paved highways, building the NAACP, helping African-Americans register and organize the Progressive Voters League of Florida. Now, his wife, Harriet Moore, was a sixth grade uh, teacher at George Washington Public School. Uh, Paige Watley Bailey shares a memory from her classroom in 1951. She said, uh, Ms. Moore did not complain or express outrage at having to teach us from old tattered textbooks, having to teach us from old tattered textbooks uh, passed down to us from the white school. What she did was to teach us primarily from the few boxes of her own private books, which she kept hidden under her desk. Her books were her books were about about African-American people who had made important contributions to the world. People like Dr. W.B. Du Bois and Mary McLeod Bethune. Miss Harriet Moore taught us about the freedom fighters, Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. She read stories to us by Zora Neale Hurston and poems by Langston Hughes. And she shared her Ebony Magazine articles about black history. Now, this learning was deep and personal. It was important because it was about people like us and it was secret. This learning was deep and personal. It was important because it was about people like us and it was secret. Now, she didn't have to tell us not to tell anyone about these books. We knew they were dangerous when she appointed one of us to be a lookout person at the window. So if the superintendent of the schools came on one of his unannounced inspections, he, he wouldn't catch us using them. Now, these books, their physical existence and the stories they told taught me about unspoken truths, secrets, and lies. Now, in addition to voter registration and education, the uh, the Moores, Harry Moore, and Harriet T. Moore also investigated lynchings, and this is something that the NAACP did. They investigated lynchings of African Americans to try to get evidence. They also investigated sexual assaults on African Americans, especially African American women, and they um, investigated um, um, allegations that African-American men rape white women and things like this. Okay. And this is, this is work that, um, 
uh, Rosa Parks did for the NAACP in Montgomery, Alabama. Rosa Parks investigated the uh, gang rape of uh, Reese Taylor. Now, in 1949, four young African-American men, the Groveland Four, who were just posthumously exonerated, uh, were accused of raping a white girl in uh, Lake County, uh, in Lake County near Orlando. At that time, it was a Klan stronghold. Okay, and the Klan was all throughout Florida. Remember, Florida, 1923, January is where you have Rosewood, Florida, the Rosewood uh, massacre. Okay, in Florida, and they wiped Florida. Even though Rosewood was a small town of about 200 people, almost all of them African Americans, they wiped Florida off the map. They actually removed white people, removed Florida off the map. They they ran all the African Americans out, killed a handful of them, ran all of them out of town took their land and removed Florida, removed Rosewood, Florida off the map. Now, later evidence indicates that the 17 year old girl had been beaten by her husband and they, and that they concocted a phony rape story to conceal the beating from her parents who had threatened to shoot her husband if he brutalized her again. Okay. Now this, now this, this kind of reminds me of um, Rosewood, Florida, because in, 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 in the Rosewood, Florida massacre, um, it was the white woman named Fanny. She was cheating on her white husband with another white man. She lied in, a, in a, her white lover beat her. She lies and says it was this, this black man that broke into her house and beat her. Now she didn't say she was raped by him. Okay. But as the story gets told, over and over again by drunk white men with guns. Okay, now they think that this black man raped her and things like this. And no, it was a white man that beat her. But here's the thing, when you watch the movie Rosewood, and even when you do the research on this, most, especially African-Americans, they knew she was lying. Okay, because a lot of a lot of people in town knew she was cheating on her husband. Okay, her husband, I guess, was the last to know. So later evidence indicates that the 17 year old girl had been beaten by her husband and they concocted the phony story. Okay. Now, Charles Greenlee, age 16 and war veteran, Sam Shepard and her urban were arrested for the supposed rape, the Groveland four. Okay. They were just in the news and they were just posthumously exonerated. We talked about that here on this show because we do it like real topics here. Okay, uh, there was a piece from um, NBCNews.com that dealt with this as well. Groveland 4, the black men accused in 1949 uh, rape uh, get case dismissed. So you may remember us talking about this story here. Uh, this is from NBC News. Groveland Four: The Black Men Accused in a 1949 Rape Get Case Dismissed. A hearing in Florida to toss the Jim Crow era convictions of Charles Greenlee, Walter Irvin, Samuel Shepard, and Ernest Thomas resulted in a rare finding. Okay, now here's a picture of three of them right here. Three of the boys here. Three of the um, uh from left Lake County Sheriff Willis McCall, 
an unidentified man standing next to Walter Irvin, Samuel Shepard, and Charles Greenlee in Florida in 1949. Okay, now this article is from November 22nd, 2021. So we, we talked about that here on this show. The Groveland Four. So this is who they're talking about here in um, this piece here from the Zen Education Project. All right, now, uh, Charles Greenlee, age uh, 16, and war veteran Sam Shepard and Walter Irvin were arrested for the supposed rape. The fourth man, Ernest Thomas, managed to flee but was gunned down by a sheriff, uh, sheriff's posse a few days later. A mob of more than 500 white men uh, assembled to lynch the remaining three African-American boys or African-American men. When they could not locate the prisoners, they formed a caravan of 200 cars and descended on the black neighborhood of Groveland, of Groveland, Florida, of Groveland, where the families of the accused men lived. They shot into homes and set some uh, of the homes on fire. The Florida governor sent the National Guard to restore order. Now, Willis McCall the sheriff of Lake County, uh, Florida, was notorious for his brutality against African-Americans, okay? And um, uh, Willis McCall was in the picture that I just showed you, okay? Year after year, he was reelected with the support of the citrus growers, the, the orange growers, the citrus growers, who he supplied with, uh, cheap chain gang prison labor at harvest time by arresting African-Americans on, on trumped up charges for minor crimes. Um, Sheriff Willis McCall also chased any and all union organizer, union organizers out of the county. Now, uh, Harry and and Harriet Moore uh, discovered that while Sheriff McCall's, while in Sheriff McCall's custody, the three Groveland descendants were brutally beaten and made to stand on broken glass with their hands roped to a pipe over their heads. Despite this torture, they refused to confess to a crime they did not commit. Unable, unable to force a confession, Sheriff McCall's deputies manufactured enough phony evidence to convince an all-white jury. Now, uh, Shepard and Irvin were sentenced to death. 16-year-old uh, Greenlee was sentenced to prison. Okay, so that was um, Walter Irvin, Samuel Shepard, and Charles Greenlee. Okay, uh, this is who they're talking about. So this ties into uh, the Groveland Four. All right. And and once again, see, elections have consequences. This white supremacist, uh, Sheriff McCall, was elected over and over again by other white supremacists there in Florida. OK, so this is Sheriff uh, um, Lake County Sheriff Willis McCall on the left. All right. So we go back and read this story that we dealt with back in late November, dealing with the Groveland Four, because all this history is connected. Okay, now, 
um, Greenlee chose not to appeal out of court, um, Charles Greenlee. He chose not to appeal, uh, I, I'm sorry, he chose not to appeal out of fear that a new trial would result in a death sentence. Franklin Williams, uh, Shepard and uh, Franklin Williams, who was Shepard and Urban's NAACP attorney, appealed their conviction and it was overturned by the Supreme Court in 1951. In November 1951, Sheriff Willis McCall removed the two men from prison while driving them to uh, the lake, uh, driving them to Lake County for their new trial. He shot them, killing Shepard and severely wounding uh, Irvin. He claims that the two handcuffed and, and uh, uh, manacled prisoners uh, attacked him while trying to escape. Now, when Irvin recovered enough to speak, he described how Sheriff McCall pulled his car off the road, dragged the two men out, and began firing. Harry and, and Harry and Harriet Moore demanded that white supremacist Sheriff McCall be suspended from office and indicted for murder. No, char no charges were ever brought against Sheriff McCall. Now, with the mob uh, attack on the Groveland 4, uh, the original rape trial, the, the, the successful appeal, and the shootings fanning the flames of racism, uh, Harry Moore, let me back up here, okay. With the mob attack on the, on the Groveland uh, community, the uh, original rape trial, the successful appeal, and the shooting fanning the flames of racism. Harry Moore was called the most hated black man in Florida. Harry Moore was called the most hated black man in Florida. His mother, visiting for the holidays, voiced concern for the more safety. Harry Moore told his mother, every advancement comes by way of sacrifice. What I am doing is for the benefit of my race. Every advancement comes with the benefit of sacrifice. What I am doing is for the benefit of my race. Late in the night of on Christmas Eve, 1951, a bomb exploded under uh, Harry and Harriet's uh, bedroom. Uh, Harry Moore died on the way to the hospital. His wife Harriet died of her injuries nine days later. And this is, uh, it was on their 25th wedding anniversary, the silver red wedding anniversary that the house was firebombed. Here's a picture of uh, a house, a house firebombed by the Ku Klux Klan. So check out this uh, article here from Zen Education Project, December 25th, 1951, murder of Harriet and Harry Moore in Florida. And then there's also a um, good article from floridatoday.com uh, on this story. Because we, we posted this article um, for the past couple of years. 
and we've talked about this here on the show before. Uh, where is that one? This one here from floridatoday.com. This one here from FloridaDay.com, Harry T. Moore helped thousands of blacks register to vote. It led to his assassination on Christmas night. So this article is from February 3rd, 2020. So I posted this when this article originally came out from FloridaDay.com. February 3rd, 2020 was the 150th anniversary of the adoption of the 15th Amendment of 1870, 15th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution that was adopted February 3rd, 1870. And um, it is um, the 15th Amendment guaranteed the right to vote for African-American men. So read this uh, article as well. Here's another picture of them here. So these are civil rights heroes. Here's another picture of, of Harry Moore, young Harry Moore uh, here. And let me see something. Okay. Okay, so their legacy. So in Florida Today, the article from Florida Today, they talk about their legacy. Now, Harry Moore has been called the first martyr of the civil rights movement, even though many historians use the Brown versus Board of Education case of 1954, three years later, as the start of the uh, civil rights movement, the modern day civil rights movement. Regardless of semantics, Harry Moore was the first NAACP official assassinated in the uh, civil rights struggle, because it's 1951, okay? He's the first uh, NAACP official assassinated in the civil rights struggle. He and his wife were the first couple to be killed for civil rights. It took 55 years uh, before the Moore's killers were named. In 2006, then State Attorney General Charlie Crist announced results of a of a Florida Department of, of Law Enforcement investigation that named four members of the Ku Klux Klan as directly linked to the Moore's death. The investigation said it found no link between Sheriff McCall um, and the KKK conspirators, a point that is still debated today. Now, four artifacts of the Moors reside in the Smithsonian's uh, National Museum of African-American History and Culture. Uh, the Harry T. and Harriet uh, V. Moore Memorial Park and Museum is built in their honor at the site of their murders. The 12-acre campus features a museum and a replica of the house where the Moors were killed. Quote, we see his legacy as one that should be embraced and should be widely known, uh, Gary said. Um, you find very little in history books relating to civil rights about Harry and Harriet Moore. 
and it's our mission to change that. Okay, so read this uh, piece here also from FloridaToday.com. This came out February 3rd, 2020. Harry T. Moore helped thousands of blacks register to vote. It led to his assassination on Christmas night. That was in 1951. All right. Okay. Um, if you like this type of information, uh, you can support the African History Network, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. We're here six days a week, so this helps us to keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills, etc. Um, Okay, and you can still register for the online courses that I teach on Saturdays and Sundays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement of Black Power, uh, 1865 to 1968, and Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. So we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch them anytime. Uh, African-American business owners also post the name of your business here on the thread of the broadcast. We'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network. Our current promotion is buy one month, get two months free. Uh, so email us at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. We'll let you know how you can advertise with us. And uh, if you don't have a commercial, a uh, 30 second and 60 second commercial, we can create one for you as well. And it will um, air uh, when we when we rebroadcast these shows, we'll rebroadcast them throughout the day on our social media platforms. And um, also in the audio podcast version of these shows as well. We're on 10 different audio podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, uh, CastBox, FM Player, TuneIn. So in the audio, also in the audio podcast, your, your um, commercial will be in the audio podcast version of these shows as well. Okay, so at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, register for the online courses. We have the uh, bundle pack, uh, the course bundle. The courses are regularly $130 each. You can register for both of them for only $70. And even after the course is over with, you can still go back and watch the uh, classes anytime. So I'm going to post that information here. And you can join us in classes weekend. Uh, we do... Um, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade. We do that on Sundays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As soon as you register, you can watch the class we did last week. And then on Saturdays, it's um, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement of Black Power, 1865 to 1968. Each class we go through and analyze about a 10-year period of history and what leads up to uh, we, we deal with uh, starting in 1803 to, with the Louisiana Purchase, and then we deal with the Civil War, what leads up to the Civil War. We deal with 1865, 1877, Reconstruction, Jim Crow era, Great Migration, Civil Rights Movement, Black Power Movement, World War One, World War Two. All right. Um, now, if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, also email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, either in person or virtually, whether it's a Kwanzaa celebration, Dr. King Day, African-American History Month, um, 
what have you, Juneteenth. Uh, let me know. We can work that out. Okay. All right. We have to get out of here. Remember that at the African History Network, we focus on educating and pine and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Kwanzaa is coming and the Kwanzaashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs. Order your Kwanzaa set today, which includes a Kanara, candles, a mat, a cup, the African-American flag, and a basket. Visit the Kwanzaashop.com, the Kwanzaashop.com. They have Kanara sets, which include a candle holder, candles, a mat, and a cup. Kwanzaa is December 26th through January the 1st. Add the early bird discount code for 10% off your order placed before November 28th. Visit thekwanzashop.com and place your order today. Thekwanzashop.com has all of your Kwanzaa needs to celebrate this African-American, Pan-African holiday. Thekwanzashop.com iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Black on Purpose Television Network. Yes, Black on Purpose Television Network. All black. All positive, all the time. The largest black-owned streaming television network in the world. Bringing our people together worldwide. Controlling our messages, our stories, our way. Black TV, the way it should be. Black music, black history, and more. 30-plus channels, thousands of shows. Black on Purpose Television Network, subscribe now. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that is traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because, again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. Stop speed the ghost L-O-X-D block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at diewilly.com. Come and travel with me to a time long ago and place far away. You will experience high adventure and excitement. 
You are fighting alongside an ancient army in fierce battle. Feel the exhilaration of struggle and final conquest. My name is Maninkare and I am both a prince and a priest in one of the most advanced civilizations humans have ever produced. I want you to ride with me in my chariot as I slay the barbarians who have come to invade my land. I invite you to sit at the conference table with the great pharaoh Taharqa and his ministers as they plan intrigue and use subterfuge to outmaneuver and defeat the enemy. Come back with me to the land of your ancestors, to the beautiful land of Kemet. So open the pages of this book and begin the adventure. Find out what happens in the book, Maninkare Battles the Assyrians in the Nile Valley from author Makari Jones. Get your copy today at Amazon.com. African spirit cards specialize in the design and printing of high-quality African-centered note cards and stationery. African Spirit Cards breathes and rejoices in the African and African-American experiences. They honor our African heritage in all that they do for you by proudly displaying the great motifs and ornamentations of the African world diaspora. They use African images, African proverbs, and many African languages to fully immerse their clients in the wisdom and history of and the connection to Africa. They understand the importance of having images around us that reflect who we are. These images also illustrate where we came from and what we desire to be. They are here to serve you. Follow them on Instagram at African Spirit Cards, that's African with a K. They have a wide selection. Check out their holiday selection at Etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash African Spirit Cards. That's Etsy, E-T-S-Y. You can give them a call at 313-995-3579, 313-995-3579. You can email them at Janelle Designs at AfricanSpiritCards.com. That's J-A-N-A-L designs at africanspiritcards.com and place your order today. Hi, I'm Joel Wilson, President and CEO of JCW Computer Consulting LLC, a technology implementation firm with over 20 years of satisfying customers. We offer a full spectrum of industry top-tier branded services. We are an authorized partner or reseller for Lenovo, Zoom, T-Mobile, Microsoft 365, and Surface tablets. Google Workspace, Acer, Asus, Samsung, PCmatic security software, and many more. Our online store features laptops, Chromebooks, computers, printers, accessories, and software. Businesses, take advantage of our free one-hour Zoom tech consultation and know we offer top nationwide high-speed internet service providers, voice over IP, and cellular phone services. Home users, don't miss our current in-stock Chromebook inventory. Please visit us at jcwcc.com or call 215-879-6701. Gain knowledge in minutes from insightful summaries of progressive and socially conscious books. Blacklisted gives you access to curated content that will satisfy your curiosity to learn and understand different perspectives. 
Empower yourself through inspirational and actionable ideas. It's easy to read or listen to on the go. Blacklisted. Empower yourself. Start your free trial today.